Hey, I'm Megan Copeland. And I'm Kendra Bartlett, and this is the His Beloved of Texas podcast. So we're two moms that live across the street from each other. Together, we have 10 kids, and we love our Catholic faith. We lead a women's group in Austin, Texas called His Beloved of Texas, where our goal is just to bring women to sit at the feet of Jesus. This podcast was born out of the pandemic. We were stuck at home and still wanted to minister, and so we decided to start sharing stories of how God has worked in our lives and in the lives of our friends. And here we are today, season three. Three. And our hope for this podcast is that you hear stories of joy, stories of heartache, but through all of it, you see Jesus and you know that there's hope. There's hope for us because God is walking every step of the way. We laugh, we cry, we say some crazy things. What is the thing you want to tell us, Kendra? Oh, I really enjoy folding fitted sheets. (laughs) And I think that's crazy. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Join us. Hey guys, welcome back to the His Beloved Podcast. I'm Megan and we are so glad you are here. We are finishing up our series on the Eucharist and the Eucharistic Revival with priests. And today we have one of our favorites for you. His name is Father Henry Cuellar, and he is the pastor, actually the administrator, because he's this is his first parish that he's been given, and he's not quite a pastor yet at St. Joseph in Maynard, Texas. But when he first became a priest, he was the associate at Kendra's church. And so her husband worked with him, and they got to know each other really well. And he baptized our little god baby, Kendra's youngest, Stella. And Father Henry is just a joy. He's hysterical, he's full of life, and man, does he have the best vocation conversion story I have ever heard. And I knew before we recorded this that he had a good story, and I even say on the podcast, I've heard your story. No, I had not heard the whole story. I was shocked. It was the best I've ever heard. And uh, so you guys are in for a treat. Not only that, he is just a man after God's heart. He does healing and deliverance ministry and talks with us about that and just gets to share a lot with us about life as a fairly new priest and as a man who's just been given a parish to shepherd and nurture and it's it's a gift. It was a wonderful conversation and I hope it draws you closer to the Lord. I hope you it allows you to lay down some things you've been holding on to and just lean into him a little bit more today. All right guys, enjoy. Hey, Kendra. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. I think we start every podcast like that. Have you noticed? I was thinking the same thing. I know. I know. We need to get a starting sentence going. We need like a, yeah, an intro. (laughs) So... You want to tell us? Tell yeah, so we we're today. here in Maynard, Texas, with Father Henry. You said that's so country. Sorry, Maynard, Texas. <laughs> well, that's that's how it should be said. It's, it's, <laughs> it's country. It's beautiful. I'm sitting here looking out of his window and just see grass, and it's beautiful. Other buildings, but you know, there's space, and it's nice. <laughs> so, Father Henry is, um, what did you call it? The the administrator. Administrator. And come March, he gets his wings. That's right. Yeah. Come March, God willing, uh, I will be named the pastor of this parish. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, so. well, but the title of administrator is more a canonical thing. Yeah. Right? So the people here know me as their pastor. Right. You know, yeah. But, but the bishop knows me as the administrator. <laughs> yeah. And this is your home parish. Is that correct? Well, actually, my home parish is Santa Barbara. Uh, okay. Out in Weberville area. Uh, Weber. But I went to school... In Maynard, from kindergarten okay. through high school. Oh, okay, yes. I feel dumb. How so, far away is Weberville? Is that Weberville? It's not very far at all. Okay, it's maybe so maybe just... about 10, 15 minutes away from here. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so I went to school kinder through high school, graduated here. Uh, I, every time that I introduce myself here, I always say I'm I'm a mighty Mustang. Right? Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's, oh, that's Maynard, great. You know, and I said, and our rivals is uh, the the Wildcats in Elgin, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> But, so you uh, fit right in. That's I perfect. Fit right in. Yeah. Oh Have you God. bumped into any of your old teachers or anything? Yes, actually. Yeah. Yes. There, there's, uh, there are two teachers that are here that were my teachers that are my parishioners now. Wow. Uh, one of them was my teacher in kindergarten, and uh, and now she's here. And the first time she saw me, she goes, "Oh, Father Henry." Oh my she's goodness. Like, I didn't think that you would be a priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually very interesting because you know coming back here, you know a lot of there's classmates of mine that right. are my parishioners as well. Yeah, and Elise uh, Ariano. Yes, oh, she right. was she yes. was on our podcast like I think like episode six or something, and she tells a story of 
she was praying the um, the Saint Joseph consecration and praying to Saint Joseph. And at the end of her her prayer, she's good friends of Father Henry, has known him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. At the end of her consecration time, he was elected the pastor of Saint Joseph. Oh, yeah. wow. and it's her home parish from wow. when she grew up. Isn't right. that amazing? Like yes. that is. total answer to prayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, but it's it's one of those things where it's kind of awkward because you come in. Right, you know, you're you're used to being their 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 equals, right? You're <laughs> right. Right. with Different. them and just kind of you know, right. Uh, and then all of a sudden now here we are, and I'm the pastor, and you know, and they they you know they're able to come talk to me and get spiritual advice from me, and hmm. you know, so it's kind of one of those things. I'm like, man, I can't believe that now God has given me this opportunity to come back and minister to my classmates that were yeah. with me in school, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then of course they also have those that that hard incredible feeling of you're a priest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have lots of people that look at me like that too. You, Megan? Like, is, a lot has changed since the last time I saw you. Yes, yeah, yes, it has. Right. <laughs> I don't think I could go back to my my old town and yeah. try to lead ministry there. That <laughs> wouldn't go well. That's awesome. That's funny. Well, are you ready for some questions? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with what is the favorite thing your mom cooks? I know you're really close to your family. Ooh, that sounds fun. Well, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to answer because uh, everything mom makes is really good. My mom is a cafeteria manager, oh, okay. so she she's good at cooking everything. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, but what I really, 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 really enjoy is whenever she makes her rice and uh, she makes these uh, they're, they're called carnitas en calabaza, right? Mm. It's like a uh, chunks of beef with uh, squash cut up in there and cut. Oh, it's cooked very delicious. delicious. Yeah. 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 That's it one of my really favorite good. things. Yeah. But then again, there's all these other things, right? She makes yeah. fabulous homemade chili, fabulous uh, beef stew. She makes fabulous lasagna and enchiladas. I mean, she's, she's a cook, mm. right? So, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, that's one of the blessings of being close to mom and dad. Yeah. Right? They're not too far from here. So on my day off, I go there and I enjoy some home, home cooking. cooking. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. such a blessing. Right. Oh my goodness. That's, that's such a blessing. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. So speaking of eating, this is a question I'm really excited about. <laughs> okay. So Kendra's questions can be like crazy <laughs> off the wall. You never know. So if she's really okay. excited, go with me on this concerned. one. Okay. Well, she's the mom of, of, of wonderful kids. Right? Yeah. <laughs> creative and, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. okay. So of all the bugs. Oh gosh. See? And it, if none of them tasted bad, which one would you want to eat? Like, which one looks appetizing? Like, texture, mm. the That's feeling, isn't it? I know. Of all the bugs, they taste good. I think. I think I would. I would like. Uh, you know, maybe uh, the uh, ladybug. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. That one's the cutest. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it, it also looks more appetizing. I mean, a little crispy. And yeah. It, and <laughs> it says a lot. I mean, what textures do you like? Okay, but what? It won't have much ooze, so like yeah. and, not and, much and cream it'll, it'll filled. Really, it really looks sweet. It's sweet. It you know? does. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. This conversation reminds me of Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Like, but, see, yes. They, but they made the bugs look good. They did. Right? They yeah. did. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You kind of wonder like, hmm, I'm gonna go out and look for some grubs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I would probably pick something that's brown because I like chocolate. Because I'm assuming it would taste like chocolate, and something with a good balance of crunch and creamy. <laughs> So I don't know. I got to do some. Well, I, I, think I, would, I would just, I would avoid the dung beetle, right? Because yeah, you know, let's you know, do they, that they, for they spend sure. their lives in. Well, that's not good. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's not chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for rolling with me on that one. <laughs> Megan, do you have one? No, nothing. I have no okay. answer to that question. What about, what about butterflies? I mean, they look really pretty. Oh, but the they ones that pretty. are cute, I wouldn't want to eat. So they would be ones in my head where their okay, wings would like. Butterfly. Dissolve yeah, on exactly. your tongue just like perfectly. A little wafer. Yeah. Well, kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. So butterflies now in our family represent Mary. Oh. Yeah. So my daughter had That's like beautiful. This, I know. So I'm like, well, that that's almost that's like feeling Jesus. There's yeah. Kind of some holiness there. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. With that. yeah. My daughter had this moment where Mary spoke to her and, and told her that that the butterfly represents her love to her. Oh wow. And it means mariposa, which yeah. I learned means Mary pose, which right. is prayer, which I didn't uh-huh. know. So that's and how, the blue butterfly the, to be specific. The blue butterfly. Wow. That's what she was given was the blue butterfly, which is like the Mary in yeah. blue. Yeah. And so now every time I see a butterfly, I have a little. Yeah. Kind of moves in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't want to eat that though. Yeah. I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. That's beautiful. Okay. I love that. Move on. Okay, moving on. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about the human person? Ooh. My favorite thing about the human person is actually the mind. 
Okay. Right, uh, because you know the Lord gave gave us these this beautiful ability to to learn and to create, mm-hmm. right? And he, and he gives us this ability that in our mind to be creative, right? And also we discover ourselves in our mind, right? I mean, the mind is the one that kind of leads us to our personalities and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and of course, you know, I, I love psychology, right? I've always loved psychology, and so thinking about the human mind just it's one of those things where I'm like, man. The human mind is so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And God in His wisdom. I mean, you. Look, I mean, when you look at an image of of a brain, right? And you're like, man, this looks like mush. I mean, you know, and and but it it create like manages the entire body, yeah, right? And and it's like the it's like the central system of everything, right? So, uh, yeah. So the mind, I think, is mm. the, my very my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. And I love. This is why I think I love also being able to be a priest who can sit down with people and and talk things out because. I'm listening to them, but I'm also like seeing how their mind functions, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone's mind kind of does different things, you mm-hmm. know, uh, right. in our own unique personalities, but also in the way that we process things, right? There's not one person that is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, That's cool. good. That's good. I like that. Okay. Last one. So with my kids, you know, each child is beautifully created and they have their wonderful temperaments, but sometimes with the ones that are harder to manage... <laughs> It's like, okay, God has a purpose for that temperament. So, you know, that's what I tell myself. Like, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, what was a temperament that you had and maybe still do that now looking back, you can say, okay, maybe that gave my parents some some pushback or some challenges, but now you are you can see it in action and why God made you that way. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's an easy one. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I've always been a very stubborn person Okay. Right? in the sense that... Uh, whenever I find myself convicted about something, we I, I keep pushing for that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so now, as as the pastor administrator of a parish, it, it comes in handy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because you know sometimes you know you have so many people that are coming at you with so many different ideas, and they're all great. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not bad, but you know I have to focus on the mission and the and the, and the vision that the Lord has put on my heart. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have that stubborn uh, mentality or that stubborn personality. I probably would say, oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. You know, right. there'd be just a goulash of all these ideas coming together. Mm-hmm. But I think that having that ability to say, no, 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 that doesn't fit into the vision here. Let's let's yeah. let's focus that here to this mm-hmm. vision, right? Uh, and just kind of being able to hold that that place is, is important. Yeah. I think it goes back to the authority, right, that, uh, you know, that God gives us authority. And, and as an ordained priest... You know, he gives me that authority as in the, over this this flock, right? To be able to to pastor and govern, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, so that I think that's that's one of the things that yeah drove my parents crazy, right? <laughs> Even now, right? Because they, they still try to tell me like, no, 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 that that doesn't work. This uh, and and uh, but I think it works out in the in, in for the good, right? In yeah. the sense that uh, you know I can I, I'm it's it's a tool. It's a tool when used for the for the good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Did it play a part in your vocation story at all? A little bit. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, for the longest time I was running away from God and I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I kept saying no, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, but but eventually he overcame that stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kendra and I have both heard this story and we would love for you to share it with our listeners. Are you ready for yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us your story? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So, as I said, I, I you know, uh, my home parish is Santa Barbara Catholic Church out in Hornsby, Ben, Weberville area, right? And, uh, you know, so we, we went there for, for you know, for this, since children. Uh, when I was about 13 years old, I, I began to help out at the church, right? I began to, uh, and it all started with my little brother, right? My little brother, uh, who's going to get married, by the way, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Oh, that's exciting. So, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so as they, and I'm sure they probably listened to this. So, uh, so Theodore and Lisa, they're, they're getting ready for their wedding. Right? Oh, congratulations. And, and we'll I, be praying for you. Yes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm going to be marrying them on the oh, 19th. That's so, so it's exciting. Fun. But anyways, okay. Nice. I side, side <laughs> uh, But yeah, so it started with him. You know, we, you know, mom would take us to RE and, and uh, my brother Theodore, you know, he was a young little boy and, and, uh, he went, it was first grade. I remember his first grade year. I was 13 years old. And, uh, and he went into class and he cried the entire class. Mm. We dropped him off. He stayed there. We came back and he was like in those heavy puff cry, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, my mom, you know, and I remember looking at my mom and said, mom, why don't I just stay with him? So I asked the catechist, Hey, do you mind if I just stay with my brother? Because that way he doesn't feel so sad. Mm. And she said, yeah, sure. That's fine. So, okay. So I stayed there. 
and uh, I just became her assistant, right? And wow. so that's how I started helping out. Then I then I became then uh, the following year, I remember um, I wanted to teach, but of course the the the, the DRE said, no, you're too young, <laughs> you're, you, you know. And, and I said, okay. She said, but you can be the assistant for third grade. I said, okay, you know. So I began to help the third grade catechist. And like two months in, she had to leave, right? She couldn't, she couldn't continue. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the DRE said, well, I need to look, look for a, a catechist. And uh, she said, but if I don't find one, well, you're going to be responsible for the class. I said, okay. Well, she never found a catechist, right? So I became a catechist, right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then at that time, too, I, I began to be an altar server and I became a lector, you know, and... Uh, uh, and so I, be, I was helping a lot of things. I became the coordinator of the of the of the uh, altar servers. About I was about uh, you know 15 when I became the coordinator of the of the, of the uh, altar servers. Uh, yeah, so it was just on and on and on and on, right? So then I became the assistant to the coordinator of the DRE, right? So wow, you know, yeah. wow. So I was I about 16 that. when that happened. Yeah. So okay. So then fast forward, you know, 18 hits, and of course, 18 is the year where you're like, I'm going to do my thing, yeah. right? And so. Uh, so I got connected with a bunch of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, quotation mark friends, yeah. right? And uh, so I began to get lost, right? And uh, going to do al- drink alcohol, you know, get mm-hmm. lost. I mean, you know, uh, I would go to hotel parties and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Really just lost. And I began to pull away from everything in the church, right? I began to pull away from serving, from serving in any kind of capacity in the church. But I would go on Sundays. Really? Right, yes. I would go on Sundays. Uh, one because yeah it's the Lord's Day but more so because my mother would have nagged me to death mm-hmm. if I didn't go to Mass right and I remember going going to Mass a few times hung over I think one time I actually went and I was still drunk wow. yeah and uh, so anyways uh, I did that till about uh, I was about 20 23 years old right and so it was from 18 to about 23 and and during that time I also uh, was it became a social worker and part of my work mm-hmm. was to help people that were uh, dealing with alcoholism, to try to get them out of that. But then, mm. you know, uh, Saturday, uh, uh, Monday through Saturday, I was out on Sixth Street, right, wow. drinking. And I and I say that I, I laugh jokingly now, but it's like I'm sure that my clients were actually out there also while I was out there as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So there was a hypocrisy that was there, right? Lots of shame, lots of hip- lots of hypocrisy. Mm. Um, and I remember that my mother, right, my mother, who who I, you know I call her my Saint Monica. Right. Uh, you know, every time that I would go out, she would stay up all night praying. Wow. Wow. And, and I would get home. It could be, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning and I'm getting home. And she was sitting at the kitchen table with her rosary and her Bible, you know, and I would walk in and all she would say is, thank God you're home. That's it. She wouldn't she wouldn't say, where were you? She, nothing like that. Thank God you're home. You wow. know. And uh, so then uh, so she kept praying for me. Right. And then at the age of 23, uh, I remember that, uh, you know, I had, I, I had just come back from a night of partying and, and it was Sunday. So I went to mass and we had just received a new priest, right? His name was, his name is Father Richard de Herina, right? He's now the associate at Emmaus in, in Lakeway. Um, and so anyway, so he comes in, you know, one day it was right after mass and at Santa Barbara, the, the hall is connected to the church. So there's a little door that goes between the hall and the church. And so, but what they did is they, they would sell breakfast tacos on Sunday mornings after mass, you know. So anyways, I go in to have my breakfast taco and I'm sitting there and I'm eating my taco and all of a sudden I see the door open between the church and the hall and it's Father Richard and he's coming out. And I look at him and I said, oh, I said, I don't like that he's coming into the hall, right? Because <laughs> uh, I'm you know, thinking he's looking for something, right? So anyway, so I turn my back to him, right? Hoping that he, you know, he's not coming towards me. Well, he comes right up to me at the table and he says uh, <laughs> he says hey I said yes father he said hey I want to make an invitation and I'm thinking he's going to invite me to go eat lunch or dinner or something <laughs> right just something cool right Nothing. right and uh, and he says uh, I said well what, 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 what invitation father he goes I want to invite you to Project Andrew and I said Project Andrew I said what is that father he said that's for men who have thought about becoming a priest and I looked at him I said who told you I want to be a priest <laughs> You know, and uh, and he said, I don't know. He was. I just had this feeling that I had to. I had to invite you. Wow. You know? wow. Yeah. Now, mind you, during the time that I had been serving at the church, people had been saying, "Hey, have you ever thought about becoming a priest?" Right. Yeah. And at that time, I would say, "Absolutely not." Right. Right. Uh, because you know, I, I was a teenage boy, and of course, girls were on my mind. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And and I had girlfriends all throughout. You know, throughout my my life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I think for most of my life, I had girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I tell, I tell the kids now, I say, yeah, father could pick up some girls, right? <laughs> uh, 
so so yeah so anyways um so i said you know i told him i said okay yeah yeah father sure sure yeah i'll go you know just hoping that he would just leave me alone right yeah and i was thinking well you know i just tell him yes and i won't go because he won't know the difference right Mm -hmm. well then he says good i'll meet you there and i was like oh man (laughs) so one thing about me is if i say yes to you and i made a i've made a commitment to you and you're going to meet me there I'm going to be there. Right? Yeah. So anyways. Stubbornness. Yay. Yeah, stubbornness. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that weekend, it was a Saturday uh, in February. And I remember I, I told my parents, I said, hey, why don't you guys drop me off? Because there's not enough, you know, if you, you know, you've been to the cathedral, there's not a lot of parking. Yeah. Right. right. And, uh, and I said, why don't you just drop me off? I said, you know, I'm sure I'll be done quick. Right. I'll call you soon and you can come pick me up. Said, okay. So anyway, so we get there and I, and I get in there and Father Richard's there. He's like, hey, oh, hey, you know. And he he tricked me because he just said hey and then left. Oh, yeah. So he made sure you were there. He made sure that I was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and if you know if you ever meet Father Richard, he is yeah. the he greatest. He was to the we'll go to yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yes, he was. So he's he's a kidder. He's just amazing. I love mm-hmm. Father Richard, right? Yeah. And his dry sense of humor, but it's just amazing. So, anyways, uh, so I'm sitting there, and uh, you know the bishop. It was Bishop Bayman at the time. And the priests, they all they all start sharing their story, and there are pieces of each one of their stories that kind of made up my story. Wow! And I was just like, no, 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 no. This this is a, this is impossible. Like, there's no way, you know. And I'm sitting there going, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we were about to have mass, you know, and um, you know, we just had a little bit of time of reflection before mass. And I remember sitting there going, you know what, Lord? Okay, this is ridiculous. You know, I said there's no way that you're calling me. There is no way whatsoever that you're calling me because if there is a number one sinner, that's me. Mm. You know, I said, there is no way that you're calling me. I said, but you know what? If you're calling me, I said, you know me, I'm a very hard headed man. So you better be very clear with me what you want. Yeah. And that was, that was my, that was the last thing I said to God before mass. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you have a prayer life at this point? No. Was that just the one-off prayer that you made? Okay. That was it. (laughs) Because, because it was frightening, right? Okay, yeah. I was like, this, this is, you know, this is really serious, you know? Okay. Uh, and, and I had never, like, truly, honestly, even though when I was hope, helping out of the church, it was more out of, like, a, a sense of obligation right. more mm-hmm. than, a, than, a, than a sense of love for God, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. uh, so everything that I did was because I felt that was just what I needed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I had never really had an encounter with God's love at that mm-hmm. point, right? Um, had you been to confession at all through all the Yeah, but they're very, very superficial confessions, sure. right? I'll hey, I, I, you know, I said a bad word to my mom. You know, you know, I right. I smacked my brother. You know, <laughs> uh, but nothing like deep, right? Yeah. Where you go into the like the depths of all the murk in your life, right? Yeah. Those were hidden. Those were back over here, right? right. Those, yeah, I, I forgot those, right? Right, mm, right, yeah. Now, now as a, now as a priest, I'm like, pull out the nastiest thing you have in your murky place and bring it to God. Anyways, mm, I love uh, that. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, so I remember, you know, sitting there and, uh, the gospel that day, uh, was where, where Jesus says, like the physician is for the sick. I am for the sinner. Mm. Wow. And I remember just feeling in, like, and I'm feeling it now, just the, the, the goosebumps and the warmth, but I remember just feeling it go throughout my entire body, wow. just the intense warmth that went through my entire body. And I remember just thinking to myself, that's you, you know? Mm. And I began to cry. You know, I began to cry because I felt for the very first time there was a there was a deep encounter with God's love. Yeah. Right. And I call that my, my spiritual two by four moment, right? <laughs> Where God just smacked me over the head with his love, right? And he said, I love you. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like at that moment I, I, I didn't pay attention to the to the homily. I didn't pay attention to anything else. Uh, you know, I was focused on just, whoa, like God loves me. You know, and and it was like God was telling me, hey, even in your imperfections, I'm calling you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm calling you. And you're not. Yeah, you're not worthy of it. But because I love you, that makes you worthy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, you know, we went through mass when I received communion that day. I was just in tears receiving the receiving the Eucharist, uh, you know, and then I ran out of mass and it was uh He's now Bishop Mike Sis, right? He was the mm. location director of Father Mike Sis. Mm. And ran up to Father Mike. Father Mike, Father Mike, I think I'm called to be a priest. I'm never going to be a priest. And Father Mike, I remember him, you know, he's, he had this very calm demeanor. He's he like, now. He's like, now. He's like, there's a process. Oh, you my goodness. Go to, I'm going to send you to a retreat. You know, he's explaining that. I'm just like, ah, you know, just, you know. 
amazing. I can see his face. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says very just calm. He is. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so then, uh, you know, uh, we're done. And, and uh, I call my parents. They pick me up. You know, and I'm like, how do I tell my parents that I think I'm called to be a priest? What does your mom say yeah. when you walk out of there? Yeah, and oh, so I'm, I'm, you know, we had to stop at, at, at CVS because we had to pick up a few things. And then we went to go eat uh, some lunch there at, at uh, a place over there close to the cathedral. And, uh, you know, so I'm just thinking, how do I tell them? You know, so mom at CVS, we're walking around. I said, I said hey, mom. She said, yeah. I said, hey, um, what would you say if I told you... <laughs> That I think I'm called to be a priest. And my mom said, oh, thank God. <laughs> she said, she said, oh, my God, you make me so happy. She said, I thought I had lost you to the world. Oh. oh, this is great news. And yes, absolutely, my son, this is great. And she, you know, going on and on, you know, the motherly blab, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And so then I was like, okay, but how do I tell my dad, right? And uh, so anyways, we went to go eat lunch. And after lunch, you know, dad at that time, he smoked cigarettes, right? Dad has, hasn't smoked since... I forget what year he just quit a long time ago, but at that time, so we were sitting out there after after lunch, and he's smoking a cigarette, and I'm sitting there next to him, and I'm like, okay, this is, I think this is the time for me to tell him, right? And I said, hey, Dad, he goes, yeah. I said, uh, you know, I'm really thinking about what I what I experienced today. He says, well, what's going on? I said, well, you know, what if I told you that I feel like God is calling me to be a priest, right? And my dad said, son, you know what? He goes, I've always told you all this, and I'll tell you this again. Whatever your heart desires, I will support it. Mm. You know, he said, so if you feel yourself called to be a priest and that's what you want to do, I'm behind you 100%. Wow. He said, if you go in there and you find out that it's not for you, I'm behind you 100% too. Wow. He said, so whatever, whatever I say, he said, my, all I care is that my kids be happy, healthy, and holy, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. And, uh, and so, yeah, so then I, I said, okay, right? So I went off to a retreat. And then in, in uh, two, uh, 2008, I, I went into the seminary, you know, and uh, wow. yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, uh, February of 2011, right? I got very sick. Oh. Uh, I contracted something called encephalitis. And uh, I was in a coma for about three months in the hospital. Oh my goodness, I yeah. wow. and, uh, and the doctors told my parents that, you know, the outcome was not good. It was either I was going to die from encephalitis or I was going to come out with severe brain damage. Mm. You know, but those were the only two outcomes that could come from this, you know. And uh, so then mom and dad, they, they prayed. I mean, they prayed yeah. like no other time. And uh, Mother's Day of that same year, uh, I came out and I was I woke up Amazing. and I picked up the phone and ordered lunch because I was hungry. <gasps> yeah. And, uh, it's and, like a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't think anybody came yeah. out of comas like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so then mom you know mom you know came into the to the room and and uh you know it was mother's day so i turned hey mom happy mother's day oh my goodness remind you that since the moment that i entered the hospital all the way through i had never called a mom or dad because I, I didn't wasn't recognize anybody i wasn't wow. you know, yeah even the moments that i was awake i wasn't really there right mm-hmm. i was in some other world you know mm-hmm. uh so when i said that you know mom just started crying dad comes in he's crying he, oh. you know and dad says, oh, you gave your mother the most, the, the best Mother's Day gift. I can never give your mother a better Mother's Day gift, you know. Aww. So anyways, after that, they're like, you know, well, let's check, right? They, they do all these cognitive things to see if I'm able to write and read and do all the things that I'm used to doing. And I'm going at it. I'm doing everything. And I get a, I had a blog going at that time. So I said, hey, let me log on to my blog for you so you can see what I've written, <laughs> you know. And they're like, wait a minute. Were you ever really sick? Wow. You know, and I said, yeah, I was sick. I said, but you know what? I said, the one thing that I know for sure is that God, we have a healing God, mm-hmm. right? A God who, who is always there and a God who never abandons us. You know, mm-hmm. I said, and then they said, okay, so what are you going to do now? Back to seminary, I said. So at that point, how much longer did you have in seminary? So at that point, I had, I still had about six years left. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah six years left. So I said, let's go, let's go. So, uh, so I went back into the seminary, and then June of, June twenty third of twenty eighteen, yeah. I was ordained a priest. Yeah. You know, Praise and uh, yeah, and so I remember when I walked into Saint Vincent de Paul, uh-huh. you know, the rose window up on top is the, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I remember walking in and just my eyes just immediately just fixated upon the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. I said, I said, Lord, I am all yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I am all yours, and uh, so yeah, and so when I. When I hit the ground, when I prostrated myself on the ground, I said, Lord, let me die to myself mm-hmm. and rise as your priest. Right? Let me just give myself completely to you. Right? And that was it. When I got up from there, I said, that's it. 
I'm God's, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now, like, you know, this past weekend, we were sharing our, our, our vocation stories for, you know, called by name oh, Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I say it to them and I, and I say it jokingly, but I mean it, right? And, you know, I said, you know, I'm still a guy, you know, and I still see beautiful women. I say, oh, what a beautiful woman, right? I said, but if that beautiful woman came up to me and said, hey, Father, I want to be your girlfriend, I said, you better go to the Holy, you better go to the Holy Sacrament because you're not getting in with me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because I love it. I love being a priest. Yeah. Uh, I love that, uh, that I'm called, you know, as unworthy as I am, that I'm called and able to, to I mean, who else is able to say the words of consecration and call down the Holy Spirit, mm. right? Yeah. And the Holy and the Holy Spirit obeys those words of this man, right? Mm. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about it, right? That, you know, it's like God has given me this great gift, and it's like, whoa, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I sit in the in the confessional and I'm and I absolve sins, the Lord through me absolves the sins, right? And those words have that authority and that power. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. when I say the words of consecration. That, body, that, that, that bread and that wine are converted and become no longer that, but they become the real substance of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, right? When I, when I uh, do the anointing of the sick, it is the, the opening of the, of the gates of heaven for those who are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, when I pray that apostolic pardon over them, you know, it is the words of Christ and the authority that is given to the church through me yeah. that says, you're, all your sins are forgiven and you are, you, are, you are cleansed to go home. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And so I just think, I'm like, man, and then when I say, when I when I preach the word of God, you know, and it's like, you know, who am I? Right? Who am I that that I that I've been given this great gift? That uh, you know, because sometimes, honestly, sometimes, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you back uh, when I first got to St. William, right? The very first homily that I was going to give, I had written it out. Mm-hmm. I had notes. I said, okay, this is going to be the best homily that I will ever give in my life because my first homily is going to be great. Well, as I'm sitting up there at the presider's chair. And the readings are going on. The Lord begins to speak in my head. And he says, that's not what you're going to preach. Oh, wow. Those are my favorite kind of. Oh, man. <laughs> so I began, to, I began to argue with God. Okay, uh-huh. stubbornness, right? <laughs> Lord, no, I have this written and I have to oh, say what I said. Funny. And that's what it is. And, and it's like, nope, that's not what you're going to say. No, it is. You know, and then, you know, I'm like putting everything in, in, in front of you. Because know, in the seminary, they said, you know, never change your homily at the last minute. Uh-huh. So I'm like, no, no, I was told never to change, right? So I'm just having this. Hexing obedience. Yeah, yeah. So I'm having this like exactly. this internal struggle with God, right? And, uh-huh. and then the, the Lord says, do you not trust me? Mm. And I said, darn it. I yeah. said, you pulled that card. <laughs> so... I got up and I just, you know, let it go and just preached what, what I, I can't remember now what it was. Uh, but I preached whatever God had placed on my heart and I preached that and I came out of there and, and the people were like, man, Father, that was great. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. You know, and uh, so anyway, so from that point on, I'll, uh, you know, I, I read the readings and I say, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> right. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's, that's my, my story in a nutshell there. Yeah. So you said something that really struck me. You said you had never had an experience with the love of God, like actually experience his love. And I've been reading um, Forming Intentional Disciples. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's the whole premise of the book, right? Mm -hmm. Is bringing people, allowing people to have an encounter with the Lord and how that changes our hearts. And it got me thinking, I wonder how many people, not even just people outside the church, but like actual Catholics have had a true experience yeah. with the love of God. Right. An experience like that, that just brings them to tears and is the overwhelming sense of, I am loved. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like in my mind had this vision of like, I would love to hear from like the women in our audiences or the people listening to the podcast, like, have you had that experience? Is mm-hmm. that, because that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And we can learn all the theology and everything, but if you don't know that person of Jesus, mm-hmm. The rest of it doesn't really make sense. Like that, right. that makes us hunger for him more. It makes right. us want to learn more and grow. And 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 I think that's kind of like our our goal with his beloved is to just bring people to Jesus and then step back and be like, all right, Lord. yeah, right. <laughs> you do your thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's also why we're so excited about the Eucharistic revival right. Right. Yeah. as well as is. Um, just the awakening. I, I keep going back to that word. I think Megan's getting really tired of that word because I say no, it all. like a couple times a day. But just the awakening to the reality of the of the Eucharist and how that is love. Right. And we get to be one with him, yep. you know? And yeah. yeah. Do you ever, like, I don't know, during Mass or when you're praying or something, just have a moment of, like, 
how did I get there? Why? How? How did I get here? Why me? Yeah. Why did you choose me? Right. Because when I first had my conversion, I had a very like 180 conversion. It was huge. I felt the Lord. I knew. So I know what it feels like to live without him and live with him. Mm -hmm. And I still, I even had it yesterday, that mm -hmm. moment of why did you choose me? Why do I get to be a part of this? Mm -hmm. Like, for what reason? Because I was like, as St. Paul says, the greatest of the sinners, you know? Do you mm -hmm. ever have that moment still? Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah always. I mean, uh, well, you know, when I, so I've been only a priest now for three years. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I was at St. William for, mm -hmm. for two years. I was at St. Anthony's and Kyle for five months. Oh, wow. And then I was called <laughs> to come here as the administrator pastor, right? And I remember thinking to myself, uh, because I, I was in no, I, first of all, I am in no way the kind of a guy that seeks titles right. or that seeks to be recognized, right? Mm -hmm. In no way. I, I don't like that, right? And uh, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, so I was not expecting to be called to be the, the pastor of a parish, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, that'll be years down the road, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I was only a priest. I had only been a priest for two and a half years at that point when I got the phone call to come here. And, you know, when, I, when I'm sitting on the phone, it's, this, is, this is hilarious. So, I, first of all, it was right after the, the, the snowpocalypse. Okay. Right? Yeah. We're all still under that trauma. <laughs> yes, <that>. exactly. <laughs> so I had gone with my good friend, Father Brian Phillips, who's the pastor of, of Sacred Heart in LaGrange. Mm -hmm. We had gone to retreat and we we're coming back. And I'm like, dude, we have to really hurry because we got to beat that ice so I can get back to my parish. And he's like, yeah, 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 we're going to try, we're going to try. But by that time, everything was already frozen. So, mm -hmm. uh, so my pastor there, he said, no, no, stay there. Don't move. Yeah. You know, so I'm sitting there. Okay, fine. So I'm stuck there. You know, it's Friday. Friday was my day off. And I said, you know what? It's, it's good enough. I'm going to drive home. So I'm driving. I'm sliding on a few patches of ice and get, finally get home to my parents' house. And I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to relax. Right. And all of a sudden I look down and my cell phone is ringing. It says, Diocese of Austin. <laughs> and I said, oh my God. Does your heart what? drop? Yeah. <laughs> I said, what? No, my thought was, what did I do? <laughs> you know? And so I'm like quickly running through everything. I'm like, no, I haven't done. I've been good. I've been a good boy. Right. Yeah. And and so then I, I pick up the phone and it's father Tim Knowles, you know, the vicar oh, for yeah. priest. And he says, Hey, father Henry, it's, it's father Tim. And, and then he says, Oh, and father James, father James Misko, oh, the vicar yeah. general. I said, Oh my God. I said, something I must've done something really bad. What did I do? So I'm just, you know, like what's going on? Like I'm yeah, everything's yeah. running through my head, right? And I'm like, no, I haven't done anything. Like I haven't done anything. <laughs> so, so then uh, you know, Father Tim begins to say, he's like, hey, so how'd you how'd you uh, you know venture to the storm? Blah blah blah. You know all this small talk. I'm just like, I did fine. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and so Father Tim he says, hey, well, Father Henry, you know, the bishop recognizes your your talents and blah 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 blah, right? And I'm just like, okay, guys, come on, get to the point, right? And he says, well, he's calling you, and he and he first he says he's calling you to be the pastor of Santa Barbara, my home oh. parish. And I was like, what? No, he says, he's calling you to serve at Santa Barbara. And I'm thinking to myself, no, Santa Barbara doesn't need an associate. Yeah. You know, they don't have money to buy, to have an associate. Right. No, no, no. He wants you to go become the administrator pastor. I'm like, what? And then he's like, and Father Tim, no, 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 Father Tim, wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, and I, and I, said, and I said to myself, I said, I said, yeah, right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not old enough to be a pastor. Like, what's, what, you know, he must have been calling somebody else, you know. And so then he says, no, no, Father Henry. Uh, actually, uh, the bishop has called you to become the administrator pastor of St. Joseph in Manor. And I just froze. <laughs> because when I first when I first uh, was going to seminary, I said, you know, I would love one day to go to St. Joseph in Manor. Wow. Right? So the Lord spoils me, right? Oh, uh, and so, I so I just said to myself, I said, are you serious? He says, yeah. I said, but I haven't been a priest long enough. He goes, no, but the bishop knows that you have the talents. You, 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 you know, everyone sees it. He said, you know, and I remember that he had gone to visit St. Anthony's while I was over there. Oh. Father James. Check it oh. out. <laughs> and, and the people had said, yeah, Father James was asking about you. Like, how are you doing and everything? I was like, oh, at that point, it didn't, it didn't yeah. register in my head, right? And so I was like, oh, okay. So anyways, I said, and then so I, I said, oh, so I clicked in my head. This is why you were asking over there. So anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said, yeah, so, uh, you know, you can pray about it and then you can let us know. I said, I said, you know, and I was thinking, I said, you know, when I, when I got into the church and I got ordained, I said to the Holy Spirit, I am all yours. Right. And I promised that when the bishop spoke and asked me to do something, that I was going to take that as the Holy Spirit speaking through him to me. Mm -hmm. So I said, I told him, I said, I said, Father, you know, I said, I, I said when, when I got ordained that whenever the bishop called, I would answer. So I don't have to pray about it. I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, good, good, Father Henry. Uh, and there's something else. I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> he says, well, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's some the Santa Barbara, uh, San Francisco Javier, and and Saint Joseph. They're they're all working on building churches. 
And when the bishop wants you to go there to build the church. And you have to raise the money. <laughs> Surprise! So, yeah. That's easy. I was like, I was like, uh, can I say no again? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you know, I said, okay, I said, I'll do it as long as you're with me, you know. So after I hung up that phone, that phone call, you know, I I, I went and told my, my family right away, you know, because you know, it was so it was something that I had to share, right? I couldn't mm-hmm. hold it in. Oh, you're not supposed to say anything, right? Oh. <laughs> and I said, don't say anything to anybody, but I'm gonna tell you. I can tell you. Yeah, so I told them. Um, and then uh, I remember sitting there afterwards and just thinking that thought. Yeah. Lord, who am, who am I? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, look, look everywhere that I was, the, the misery and the darkness that you pulled me out of, the wounded person that I am, mm-hmm. and now you're calling me to shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, yeah, I, you know, and I remember having this conversation with him. I know when, when I was an associate, yeah, that was fine because... I wasn't the head shepherd. I wasn't the yeah. one that was responsible for their souls in a certain mm-hmm. way because the pastor, you know, if he said it, he, he was responsible, right? Mm-hmm. I just followed what he said. But now, here now, you're calling me, this unworthy servant, to go shepherd a community. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. But it's such a testament to the love of God and the power for healing and conversion and change. Like, no mm-hmm. one is too far gone. Right. And, you know, there's that old saying that I feel like maybe gets overused a little bit, but it was such a huge impact on me in my beginning of my um, faith life. And it was that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I clung to that for a while. I was like, I am not equipped to do anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like your story is just such a beautiful example of like the, the love of a, a mother Mm-hmm. The, your mama and her prayers. Oh my goodness! I feel right? like I have some prayers I'd like her to pray. <laughs> but like just this pre- praying mother and how she yeah. never gave up hope no. for you, right? And the Lord was using that in such a beautiful way. I, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine you going into that first Project Andrew because usually if a teen or a young adult goes to Project Andrew. It's because they've had some sort of some like, stirring happening. Yeah, some stirring happening. Yeah. They've been involved in the church for a while. Right. For you to walk in and have that immediate expo- just encounter with the Lord and mm-hmm. walk out that day. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Like I feel like it gives so much hope to moms across the world. Yeah, <laughs> right? right? My child is never too far gone. Yeah. And yeah. and for the love of what God can do. And, yeah. and 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 also for for you it must feel like you were really needed in this in this ministry. I hope that's what it feels like because to us, it's what it feels like. Yeah. like you were given this role <laughs> for a reason. Well, you know, one, one thing one thing about me is that I've always said, you know, if I were to leave today, if the Lord would call me home today, the church would continue. Well, yeah, right. And but... so, and so I say, because you know, to be honest with you, when we think about it, you know, does the Lord really, really need us? No. I mean, if He wanted to, yeah. He could come in. You know what? Everything's converted. Everyone's okay. Let's go. Everyone go right. home. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that he calls us. Yeah. And really, I think the call is not even about the need of, of God for us. It's about the need of me for God's love. Mm-hmm. You see, because I, I, I strongly believe, I strongly believe with all my, my strength and soul that the Lord knew that the only way that I would be redeemed and have the possibility of being saved is if he called me to serve him as a priest. Wow. Wow. And so, so it's not it's not uh, that the Lord needs me. It's that I need Him. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this is the only way that He knew that I was going to focus on Him and His love yeah. was by shepherding and, and preaching. Right. So, so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I hear you, but yeah. I always have a hard time with me saying, <laughs> "Oh yeah, the Lord needed me," you know, because yeah. it's like, no, I need Him. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, he's. For his glory, yeah. he's using your story. To yes, call oh, others, I'm sure. Yeah, and, no. that, and that's that's and, the, and then that's where that that saying comes in, yeah. right? He doesn't call the equipped; he equips the called. Yeah, you know, and he provides the graces, right? right? And when we think about Isaiah this past weekend in the first reading, right, mm-hmm. where he says, you know, my, I have unworthy lips and unpure, unclean lips. And the Lord sends a seraphim with the ember and he places it upon his lips and he says, do not say you do not have pure mm-hmm. lips, right? So it's like the Lord himself, he you know, He knows our weaknesses, he knows our shortcomings, but he calls us from that brokenness. And he says, hey, yeah, you're, you're broken, you're wounded, but I love you so much that I'm going to provide, mm-hmm. right? And it's like saying, like he tells, you know, St. Paul says, right, where I am weak, there he is strong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. And I praise God that I'm not perfect right. because if I were perfect, I wouldn't need a savior that's such a loving savior like we do have. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, right. And so it's it's one of those things where I'm like, thank you, Lord. I, 
even though I hate that I'm broken, even though I hate that, I, that I'm wounded, even though I hate that I'm weak, but it's in those areas that I, that I feel your love even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So even though I hate it, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so before we started recording, you mentioned that you mm-hmm. work with healing and deliverance and Megan and I have been going through some training, I guess you could say of healing prayer and, mm-hmm. um, really being awakened to healing and deliverance and authority is another piece that, um, for the longest time, like, who am I to even pray with someone for deliverance, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so you've said all those three words, <laughs> it's like, those are my words. <laughs> we need to speak about this. But yesterday also Megan had this moment, um, that she shared with me of how she experienced how forgiveness and healing is that missing piece to the awakening of God's love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all making sense yeah. for me. It was part of the five keys of uh, Neil Lozano. Mm-hmm. One of the keys is forgiveness and what's the other word? I keep forgetting the other word. It's basically repentance? like... Repentance? That might That's be what it is. Forgiveness and repentance. So it's basically yeah. forgiving forgiving people who have hurt you mm-hmm. and then asking for forgiveness, like mm-hmm. in confession. And I had this moment, and I can't really share too much of it on the podcast, unfortunately, sure. but a couple of moments this weekend with family members where I realized they were holding on to some past hurts and requiring that person to basically still pay the price for something that had happened mm-hmm. long ago mm-hmm. and not allowing that to, um, even though the person had changed, not allowing that to go, let go. And I realized that that was the moment where it became a blockage in, in mm-hmm. their healing. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was able to use what I learned mm-hmm. <laughs> and pray through it with them, which was beautiful. Could mm-hmm. you just speak a little bit to healing and deliverance for us? Yeah, sure. So, so you know, what you're speaking about, the forgiveness is absolute key, right? Yeah. Because the thing is that, you know, when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, ourselves, right? When we come, we say, Father, I just have so much resentment towards this person. I can't stand them. I can't, I don't like them. I don't want to see them, right? We're having all these, these really angry issues. And when you really look at that person or when you really look at yourself and you say, well, you know what? I've chained myself to this, yeah. right? Because I have not been able to say I forgive or let go that they, that, that person that caused me hurt might not even think about it anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm trapped, Mm-hmm. I'm trapped and now I'm reliving this every time that I hear their name every mm-hmm. time that I think about them I'm, I'm, I'm reliving it yeah. so that wound just keeps getting deeper and deeper mm-hmm. versus where I said you know what I choose to forgive mm-hmm. so that I may be free mm-hmm. right and there, there is a beauty to that because there is where, 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 where healing begins mm-hmm. right if we say you know what I'm not going to allow this same dagger to keep stabbing me every time I think about it, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let that go because now it's going to give me the opportunity to say, you know what, every time I think about them that I feel that anger, Lord, help me to forgive. Mm-hmm. Right? And it begins that healing process, right? It begins that, that ability to say, I'm going to forgive because I want to be free. Mm-hmm. And really, and I think when we really think about it, right, when we talk about, about us forgiving others, I think it really comes down to a place of us being free. Right. Not for the other person. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's about us being free. It's about us saying, you know what? I'm not going to let that, you know, run my life for the rest of my life. I'm going to mm-hmm. let it go. I'm going to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much liberation that happens there, right? I mean, uh, I think I think a lot of these demons that we talk about have to do a lot with, with resi- res- residual things that have happened. And we just haven't been able to let go. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that allows them to continue to have some control. Exactly. Right? And, it, and it does. And the thing is that, you know, woundedness... Uh, leads us to sin because sin is a symptom of the woundedness, mm-hmm. right? The sin is not itself the situation, right? We deal with the situation that's there, but the reality is that that sin is coming from a place deep down that is wounded. Mm-hmm. Trying to fill that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a void that's happening there, right? Yeah. There's something that happened to us that has caused us to, to really, really be hurt, and we can't live beyond that hurt, and so we begin to medicate it in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we begin to look for different things, the cheap things. Right. You know, when we overindulge in TV or food or alcohol or sex mm-hmm. or, you know, or video games even. Right. Yeah. These are all things that we, you know, sometimes we don't think about these things. But the reality is that all this stuff comes from a deep down woundedness. Yeah. Right. If we are avoiding interaction with one another, then there is something within us that has caused us woundedness. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And, and so it's important for us to really look at that and say, Lord, what is it? Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, a lot of times, too, that same woundedness and that sinfulness that is the symptom of the woundedness leads us to open doors to spiritual realities uh, of, of the demonic. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they all kind of goes hand in hand. When you really start thinking about it, it's like a chain. Right. I get wounded deeply. I begin to self-medicate because I'm, 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 I'm wounded and I have a void. I go into sin because mm-hmm. I'm trying to medicate that area. And that sin opens the doors to the enemy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And so this is this is where we begin when we start talking about people who need liberation from from the enemy. It's because there is still deep down within them. A wound, yeah, and a lie that they've believed exactly, yeah. yeah, and that and that's the thing is that the accuser is always accusing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the accuser will present to you, oh, you know, like he did to Jesus in the desert, right? He presents to to Jesus these these wonderful things. They're good in themselves, but mm-hmm. the way that the enemy wanted Jesus to use it was to make Jesus to become this person that was not what God called him to be. And so the same thing happens to us. The enemy presents these things, right? And he says, hey, look, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just do this, you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But then when we do it, he becomes the accuser. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Right? Oh, and the, the shame. The, yeah, shame. And, the, and, the, and that's where the lies begin to build up. Oh, look at you. You're you're a loser. You're a failure. How can you say you love God? Yeah. How can you, you know, and he begins to call us these things, and we begin to believe it. So we said, you know what? I'm going to move away from God because God is a judgmental God. He's not a God that loves. He's a God that's judging me, and he's just wanting to, to, to punish me. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, there's there's these thoughts, right? These mm-hmm. wounded thoughts that keep coming in, these lies. And it's not until we come to that place where we recognize that God loves us and forgives us and calls us to forget ourselves that we're able to say, no, all those lies are lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm going to focus on who God truly is. And that's that's precisely what that encounter with for me in that in the cathedral that on that day of Project Andrew, mm-hmm. that's what exactly happened. I had all these lies in my mind. Yeah. Oh, you're a failure. You know, you you were you were you were faithful to God. You were helping God. You were helping all these things. And look at you now, man. You're just weak. You're a horrible person. You know, you're just a, a you know evil person. I mean, all these thoughts come into my yeah. head. Too far gone. Too, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no way. And this is why, whenever God was was really making me very clear that He was calling me to be a priest, I could not accept that. Wow. Because it was like, no, 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 no. Right. This is who I am. Yeah. Right. I'm number one sinner. Right. I mean, even that word, I'm number one sinner. Yeah. Right? Meaning there's no way that there's anyone worse than me. I'm the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's pride in of itself, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so then, but then hearing the Lord who says, hey, no, I'm here to heal you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to forgive you. And just just allowing all that to just melt away and go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that the most important thing for us, right, especially in healing, is to trust in God. Mm-hmm. Right? So number one, recognize and remember. This is why I love the, the title of the of your podcast, Beloved. Mm-hmm. To remember that we are beloved. Yeah. yeah. That that is the fundamental identity of who we are. Right. We are beloved. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't matter how our lives are going. Doesn't matter which steps we take or how we walk. The most important fundamental reality is beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That was mind-blowing for me when we started this process because the idea of healing and deliverance, those words still scare me. <laughs> like I'm still not fully, <laughs> and we've been doing this for a little while and I've read a ton since then. And I, and my heart is definitely like the Lord is doing so much with this, but those words still scare me. But what really makes it so manageable and easy to receive is that the overall goal of deliverance is just to tell someone to let the Lord speak to their heart how beloved they are. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's, that's the whole purpose of our ministry is mm-hmm. we we have this kind of mission on our lives to help people call out the lies, the lies that they hear, and mm-hmm. to remind them that they're the beloved. Mm-hmm. And that's easy. Like, we can do that. But when you use the word deliverance, that threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until Father Charlie said, basically, that's what deliverance is, that I was uh-huh. like, oh. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and I think I think that 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 fear or that that idea comes from all these uh, fanatical things that they put right. out, right? That's so, true. So, you know, you look at, you, you know, you hear these movies of exorcisms and all this stuff, and you're yeah. just like, man, I don't want to deal with that, right? right. But the reality is that... You know, yeah, there are some circumstances that are like that. But if a person is at a place where they're 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 open to receiving the love of God, mm-hmm. that is more strong than than the sacramental 
of exorcism. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so and this is where, you know, when we think about it, confession is a sacrament of healing, but I would also say and venture to say that it's also the sacrament of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because there we bring it all to God mm-hmm. and God reminds us, I love you and I forgive you. Yeah. Right. And so, and so for, for, for us, that is deliverance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confession is deliverance. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, I mean, uh, you know, when you read anything, you know, from any of the, any of the, the great writers of, of the exorcisms, they very, very clearly say confession is more powerful mm-hmm. than an exorcism. Wow. Because in the, in the sacrament of, of reconciliation is the power of Christ and his love. Yeah, you're coming in and you're, you're emptying it all out to the yeah. Lord. You're being honest and true. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's think back to the woman caught in adultery, right? When the woman is caught in adultery, right? She, Jesus says to her, woman, who condemns you? Mm-hmm. Right? And she says, no one, my Lord, neither do I. Go mm-hmm. and sin no more. Mm-hmm. That was an encounter with the mercy and love of Christ. Right? Mm-hmm. right? And it brought her to conversion. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the same thing with all the, the, the encounters that Jesus has where he heals them. Mm-hmm. He forgives them. And we look, we look at the at the uh, at the uh, the paralyzed uh, man, right? The paralytical who comes who is lowered down for the roof, right? And he comes down, and Jesus says, he doesn't say, "Hey, you get better first. No, he says, "Hey, yeah, my son, my child, yeah, your sins are forgiven." Mm-hmm. And then the healing comes. Exactly, and the healing only came because the people were like, "Wait a minute, who are you? Why are yeah. you?" And he says, "You know, so that you may know. Rise, take up your mat, and go." Right. But the thing he focused on was the liberation yeah well what just stood out to me is that he first called him by his identity mm-hmm. my son mm-hmm. oh that's yep. the other piece of yep. my identity yes. oh, i was just wow oh, okay it's all coming together <laughs> i was just okay this is exciting, it is um, exciting. i was just praying yesterday i was like you know for our event we're having an event for women which is called sex uh, sex yes yeah, we, we've been we've been announcing it here at thank the you parish. thank yes. you on the 18th but this is just, like basically the vision of the night yeah. is to allow people to lay down chains and be sexually yeah but i was just praying about a story in scripture if god wants me to to highlight a story in scripture what would it be and <laughs> is that it i think so <laughs> it's got the tingles from the holy spirit i so like it but that's the thing though right that's that is what what healing and deliverance is about mm-hmm. right it's all it's not about you know having these crazy episodes where you know there's there's pea soup flying everywhere right. and all you know, <laughs> right. yeah that's not that's not necessarily you know de- deliverance deliverance yeah. is saying hey i want i want to help you break away those lies those chains mm-hmm. of lies that have been put on you and make you free yeah. i want you to forgive that person that hurts you to give you freedom. I want you to forgive yourself, right? Yeah. So that then no longer are you carrying that burden in yourself, but now you're able to say, you know what? Yeah, I made a mistake. I brought it to the Lord. He's forgiven me. And now I can live as a witness to God's love and mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think I think that's, that's uh, for me, as now God, thanks be to God, by the grace of God, I'm a priest. That is why my ministry is so much about, hey, I want to talk to you about God's love. Yeah, I'm not going to bash you over the head with with doctrine and stuff because that comes mm-hmm. second. Right, right. The first thing mm-hmm. is that you love and know God. Yeah, and and it's like a, you know on the Word of God, God Sunday that we had just recently. You know, I was talking about the Word of God. I said, you know what? I said, guys, this Bible is the written Word of God. Yeah, it's a written Word, but it takes you, it, it should take you to an encounter with the living Word of God, who is Jesus Christ. Yes. Because if you know the Bible frontwards and backwards and sidewards and upwards and downwards, but you don't have a relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, it means nothing. It's just yeah. another book. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with our with our theology. If you know theology and you're well studied in theology and you can come back and you can explain the theology of the entire church, but you have no relationship with the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. it means nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all just head knowledge. At that it's all point. head knowledge. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, people have told me, Father, when you preach, you make it relatable, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, yeah, because I don't want to tell you, I don't want to sit here and pick up a book of the catechism and say, well, the catechism said, no, that that's okay. That, that it has its place. Mm-hmm. But when I'm preaching, I should be telling you what God has done in me. That's what I was going to say. You've experienced it. Exactly. So it's relatable. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, 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 and what, 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 gives, what really brings people to conversion is the lived experience of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, think about it. When, when you're able to tell your stories of where you've been and where you are today and how God has been an instrument in that, yeah. they're instrumental and foundational to that, and you speak that truth, yeah. the people listen. Mm-hmm. Because they they're 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 seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. And then when they start hearing where we were and where we are, yeah. people say, "Whoa, wait a minute! If you, <laughs> then I can too, right? <laughs> right? Yeah." Yes. And and I think I think that that's that's uh, that's the beauty of, of it, and that's that that's that's what healing and deliverance is. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So Me much. too. That was very affirming. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it was so good to hear you speak those words into us. <laughs> it's just like we're on this process, and God's giving us little bits here and there, and it's all starting to come together. <laughs> like what our mission is, I think. It's yeah, cool. it's beautiful. Thank awesome. you. All right, so. Should we do what's God doing in your heart? I think I think it's time. What's God doing in your heart, Kendra? Me first. Okay. <laughs> um, so God is just so gentle and tender and loving. And um He has gently opened my eyes to areas that um are murky, like you talked about, um, that I need to work through with him so that he can use me in a more I don't know however way he wants to use me. I'm fully game, but um, <laughs> but I just love the tenderness that he's he's used with my heart. So mm. calling you into some new depths, some new depths, and and yeah, just yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as, as you're speaking that right in my heart uh, comes back the thoughts of, I've always shared, and is don't expect yourself to be perfect. But be faithful. Mm-hmm. 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 I read that quote today. Yeah. Hey, okay. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so even though there is murkiness, yeah, and that murkiness sometimes might try to bring you down, mm-hmm. is to reject it and renounce it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the Lord is not telling you, Kendra, you have to be a perfect little angel. Right. Yeah. He's saying, be Kendra. Be Kendra. Yeah. Yeah. And share His love. Exactly. Because yeah. that's what's going to be the most effective for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I thought I had to I share love that. that. Thank was, you. That was in my heart. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Father Henry, what about you? What's God doing in your heart? Well, God is doing so much. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking some vacation, right? Uh, next week, I'm taking a, a well, well, before, because I have family members coming. So the 19th, we're going to, my brother's getting married. So I'm excited about that. Yes. And then I'm going to go on retreat. Good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think one of the things that God is really doing in my heart is just uh, uh, once again reminding me. To be dependent upon him, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, when I first got here, it was it was go, 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 and trying to figure everything out and make things work and make things happen. And now, you know, and, and interesting, just a quick quick story here. But um, so I've, I've been trying to set the right positions in place here, and I needed a PBA. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't yeah, get him. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Sounds like a golfing term. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I in the, in the parish right now, you know, we're we're in a place where we couldn't afford a full time position more than what we had. Mm. So I was like, Lord, please, I just need this person because it's going to help me out so much, and I can focus on the pastoral things. Were and, you doing that job? Oh, as well as, doing, yeah. Oh and, my and, wow. and I was also doing maintenance and everything. So oh, was, oh know, my goodness. Oh, so I said, Lord, I need. I said, Lord, and I remember praying that, Lord, I need a maintenance person. I need a parish business administrator i need a part-time secretary i need these things i really i'm gonna give it to you it's in your hands you figure it out well uh you know then my my good friend says well why don't you ask your your office manager to take on the position because she's been here for 16 years take the position of pba you know and then you can hire yourself a part-time and i I went through the dice and they're like yeah we father we can do that let's do it so I have my PBA, Yay, I have my wow. maintenance man, and I'm about to hire a secretary. Fantastic. Yeah. So so again, it's this idea of the Lord just reminding me, just depend upon me. Right. Yeah. Give it to me. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Megan, what about you? So um I keep getting this reoccurring theme of identity. Mm-hmm. And Kendra and I have been really kind of speaking into identity for a couple of years now with women, and we're actually planning a middle school girl retreat, which I think we can announce on the podcast. Yes. I don't know. I it's so. going to be at St. Albert the Great, and we would love to um, have your daughters there. And that's all about identity, and it's with the, the movie Moana. And so I think there's like this young girl need to know who they are and whose they are and have this foundation and in their identity in, in Christ. But I'm realizing that it's not just young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke to a group of older women, and they needed the message. And now I'm realizing that men need the message. 
the heart of the man needs to know that he can rest in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I've just been, the Lord's just been kind of putting this on my heart with different people in my life of like the, the man who's, who feels like their worth comes from their job and what they can do and how much money they can make and how much responsibility they have. And, and those things will never suffice. Right. And then they're left feeling empty and not enough. And so I just feel like as a whole across the board, it goes back to that deliverance piece too of like, if we know whose we are and who we are, then the lies are not as loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just really pulling into the Lord and letting him speak those truths to our hearts. So I don't know if that's like future ministry things that we have down the pike or, or what, but I just, so if you've got a man in your life, tell him how loved he is. Like speak mm-hmm. that truth over that's him. Right. Tell him the, the way that, and the way that you him. see them and the way that God sees him. Right. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Mama Mary. <laughs> Father Henry has this awesome clock in here and it sings Mary and him. So that can be like our exit music. How does the podcast today? <laughs> can you put a mic up to the yeah. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> Uh, this was such a gift and I could sit and listen to you for hours more yeah thank you so much absolutely thank you really appreciate it for your yes it's a witness and for your joy the joy that he exudes you can see the look on his face it's just beautiful it's so funny because at at St. William before I left you know uh, one of our little parishioners she's an artist and she drew I think she drew one for Chris but she drew one for me of me as a saint with a halo and in the back it says Father Henry Patron saint of, saint of joy. Oh, you know, uh, yes. You know, I love that. And, but, it, but, but that all comes from, from God. I mean, yeah. it, the joy comes from God. So yeah. But anyways, yeah, thank you all so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for, for inviting me to be on your podcast. Would you close us in prayer? Absolutely, yeah. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious Father, we thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together. We thank you, O Lord, for all the movement of the Holy Spirit in our hearts And we ask you, Lord, that you bless each and every one of those who are listening to this podcast, that you may fill them with your blessing and your graces, especially for those who are in need of healing in their hearts. May your love, your mercy, and your grace fill them, fill them with abundance, that they may be able to turn all their pain and anguish over to you. May they remember, O Lord, that no matter what has happened in their lives, no matter what decisions have been made, that you love them just as they are, because we are yours, and you have made us in your image. We ask you, O Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon all those who are listening, and to continue to help us to walk this journey of faith. And Blessed Mother Mary, we ask you through your maternal intercession, you who truly stamp at the head of the, of the, of the serpent, that you protect and defend us through your grace and through your mercy. We make all these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for spending time with us today. It is the biggest joy for Kendra and I. Every time we record one of these podcasts, we go, wow, how do we get to do this? Like, how has this become... Like, it's not a job because we don't get paid, but like, this is our life. It's so much fun. And we love journeying with you guys. We love hearing how the podcast has touched you. So if Father Henry spoke to you today, like send us a little message. Let us know. Email us. Uh, find us on Instagram or Facebook. Our, we're His Beloved of Texas all over the place. And we would love to connect with you. We love to hear that the Lord is working in your hearts. Let us know what's God doing in your heart today. (laughs) That's our favorite. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.